the companies that miss the opportunity to take advantage of these innovations are going to be left behind. MarTech's law is the fact that innovation and technology is changing today at such a rapid pace that it's difficult for companies to keep up. And if they don't try and keep up, a competitor will. Mm. And then it's not even about trying to catch up anymore. It's having to start over. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Shep Hyken. Shep is a customer service and customer experience expert and the chief amazement officer at Shepherd Presentations. He's a New York Times and Wall Street Journal best-selling author of eight books and was inducted into the National Speakers Association Hall of Fame for Lifetime Achievement. Welcome to our show, Shep. Hey, I am excited to be here. Thank you very much for that wonderfully nice introduction that would make my mother very proud. Is she still around? Unfortunately, she's not. She's looking down and smiling at us, though, right now. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mothers are amazing. Time that we spend with them is just priceless. And we realize after, right, how precious it was. Oh, yeah. And growing up, she, <laughs> because I, I do what I do today, probably in part to a choice that I had to make back when I was about 12 years old. Uh, when I was a kid, my mm. parents got divorced and my mom said, hey, you get to do one thing outside of school. You can do anything you want in school, play all the sports, be in all the clubs you want, whatever. But outside of school, there were three of us, my brother, sister, myself. You each get to choose one extracurricular activity that I have to drive you around to. <laughs> my, Just one. <laughs> my, my sister did figure skating and horseback riding, so she dropped figure skating. My brother did ice hockey. Oh, so uh, he's a younger brother. And uh, karate, he dropped ice hockey to do karate. And I was doing ice hockey and doing magic yeah. shows, like birthday party magic shows where I would perform. Oh, And so I chose the magic shows <laughs> over the ice hockey. And today I am a performer <laughs> on stage, more or less, as a speaker. And I truly believe if I'd have made the other wow. decision, yeah. I'd have been playing the old man pickup hockey. <laughs> like I still do. Uh, but I wouldn't have the career yeah. I have right now. <laughs> when you said what I'm on stage right away, I thought that you're still doing the magic show on stage. <laughs> I still do magic shows. I do. Uh, I incorporate a little bit of magic into my speech. Oh, you do? I do. I, I've been talking about wow. my very first speech back in 1983 when I got out of college. That was 40 years ago, believe it or not. I wrote a speech about creating a moment of magic in the customer experience or the customer service, which is about a positive experience versus creating a moment of misery. And I used that word magic and I had fun with it. And I actually did a couple of tricks in my speech. When I started my business, my first entrepreneurial venture at age 12, it was a birthday party magic show business. And I would perform and I was wow. doing on a good week, I would do eight to 10 magic shows a week. Think about that. And there were some months Me? where I was making more yeah. than my school teachers were. And so uh, I eventually graduated wow. to work in nightclubs Incredible. and comedy clubs, and I did corporate events. And when I graduated college, I said, I don't want to be a magician. I want to do something 
that's more interesting to me. And somehow or another, I landed on yeah. uh, the idea of speaking. I saw a couple of motivational speakers and I said, yeah, I could do that. And I love the idea of customer service. I was drawn to that topic. Uh, when I went to the bookstore, I saw a few books, bought them, studied them, and realized this is what I've been doing all my life. And every job I've ever had, every interaction I had with a, a client who hired me for a magic show or when I was working at a restaurant or a gas station, when I had my regular jobs too, uh, I knew I wanted to take care of the customers that walked through those doors. And the beautiful part about that story is the fact that you learned that skill at such a young age, but now you incorporate it into what you do as an adult. But the funny thing is that what you do as an adult, for example, public speaking or doing an event, people need some kind of an excitement when they're consuming that content. Is right. that differentiating factor that they gain from a presentation that when you walk out there, and I'll love to come to one of them, but you come out there and you do some kind of trick, all their attention is on you now. You grab their attention. I refer to the entertainment side of what I do as the sugar that makes the medicine go down. And even if I don't do mm. any of the magic, and every once in a while I don't, I'm still engaging. I am naturally... I'd like yeah. to think I'm funny. I, I always say, if you don't laugh, I don't get paid. And everybody seems to laugh. So that's a good thing. But seriously, <laughs> I do. I take my yeah. information, as you mentioned in the introduction, I've written eight books. We do research projects every year. I'm just getting ready to roll out the 2024 project, which has taken me longer than usual because I've, I'm actually doing two research projects at once. We're going to have a lot of information that I get to share with the world probably right around February or so after I write the reports. So I'm, I'm excited about Exciting. that. I take it really seriously. But if I can't make you laugh, if I can't hmm. get you, for lack of a better term, inspired or motivated by the style in which I present my yeah. information, you yeah. might as well just read the book yeah. on your own. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, so true. Shep, are you going to do something small for us that will either yeah. make us laugh or excite us through a magic well, trick? Gonna, I have a deck of cards. Let's see if I can pull this off with you. But uh, this is audio and video, so it has to be yeah. something that the audience on the audio side can hear as well. They can. You'll have to explain what's... I'll explain what's going on and perhaps your oh. reaction. Oh, yes, tell them please. I, I did it right or wrong. So if anybody's watching, okay. great. If not... But I have a deck of cards in my hand, and you can see them on the screen. They will not leave yeah. the screen. I want you to think of a card, any card you want. Not an easy one like an ace of spades or a king. Make it a difficult card. You have one in your mind. Okay. Okay, yes. and what is it? Name it out loud. Two. The two of what? And by the way, I've got a joker here. Joker doesn't count. Was it two of what? Okay. The two, two of, of spades. Two of spades. Now I'm going to, again, I'm not going to. Spades. Uh, pull spades. We've got it. And I, I think you can see all the cards are there, but you will notice that only one card in the entire deck is upside down. This is crazy. You and I didn't set this up. Don't if tell this me. This is not the two of spades. I'm going to give yeah. you $1,000. And I really, this is crazy that Beautiful. you picked one card that was upside down. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So now for the people who can't. So are you going to share the secret now? Bigger. His eyes just got bigger. <laughs> That's it took incredible. Him a moment, he finally said, wow. <laughs> yeah. 
one card in That's the entire incredible. deck. Yeah, everybody picks the same card. It's really amazing. So, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm but just so kidding. there is a trick to that, obviously. There has to be. <laughs> but yeah. seriously, are you not going to you know, share I, it right now? Just get to business. I, yeah. not, you know what? You're not a magician. I'm not telling you the secret. But seriously, I have fun okay. with uh, that. I still practice as a hobby. By the way, my wife says, You have so many hobbies, you will never be bored. And that is correct. I do so many fun things but I work hard and oh, I believe outside interest that. makes a person more interesting. And I do my magic. Yeah. Uh, I play hockey still. I play golf. I play tennis. I play pickleball. I, I do so many. I like to read. So play guitar. You can see the guitars in the background. Yep. So my office guitars, I know that the maintenance yeah. people pick so them up and play them at nighttime. So. That's... <laughs> oh, can you imagine? You have a you camera know, out there and you just see. No, there is a camera. I, I don't understand why they don't know that I can see what they do. <laughs> oh, they, they actually do it. You catch them. <laughs> I really don't care. They're not like oh, my man, most expensive guitars like I have at home, but of uh, course. they are there. And it's funny when they yeah. pick it up and look at it. Yeah. And I can say, oh, somebody's been oh, man, sitting in my so chair. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, let's get into some good stuff. We want to talk about <laughs> That's today. great. Yeah. I want to ask you, in your experience working with these top-tier companies, for example, what key mindset approaches that separate successful entrepreneurs from the rest? Entrepreneurs in general are a little different than the typical world. Um, I am an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, and here's mm. the thing. Amongst many of my friends, by the way, are entrepreneurs. As hey, birds of a feather flock together is the old saying. But here's what's interesting. Yeah. A lot of the guys I grew up with, and I see my classmates who, uh, on a semi-regular basis, the guys that I hung out with, most of them work for other companies. And the reason is they're very comfortable getting a weekly or every other week paycheck. Whereas an entrepreneur, when we start out, we take a risk. And there are times when our butts are on the line, when we are the ones that have to make payroll and wondering, oh my gosh, I've had a rough month. I'll just have to pull it out of my personal account to make sure people are getting paid. We take risks and we do things and we have a different mindset. Mm -hmm. We also have a tolerance for risk that others don't have. I know that I've been offered jobs <clears throat> to work for companies that I've done business with. They've offered me really nice salaries. And uh, you know what? I love the independence. I, I don't mind the risk because I'm comfortable and confident in myself. This is what entrepreneurs do. As I look at the leaders of some, and, and by the way, there are companies like I, I did the research partner I had this year was five, nine. Okay. You may not know who they are. They're a very large cloud communications company recognized in their space as being one of the top companies, the guys uh, that are running it, the guy started it, he runs it. I, it's a big company, lots of, of employees worldwide. I don't think I would consider that anymore an entrepreneurial venture. I would consider it more of a, a corporate venture. However, it's very entrepreneurial. The guy, the guy that's run it, he left, he came back. It's a story, whether it's a large company or a small company. And I just love working with companies where the leadership mm -hmm. understands uh, what they need to do. They get down into the trenches with their employees. They're not in some ivory tower office making decisions in a void. That's, I think, a big difference mm. between the entrepreneurial leaders and the corporate leaders. By the way, not all corporate leaders are like that. In, in my mm. recent book, I write about a CEO that decided to go down and spend time in the customer support department 
to learn what customers were asking about and complaining about. <clears throat> and one day a lady called back and said, I just talked to this wonderful gentleman named Bill. I'd like to talk to him again. He was so nice and he seemed to know what he was talking about. The company was Microsoft and the CEO was Bill Gates. And he spent time on the front line. And by the way, you consider Bill Gates an entrepreneur. He started this business pretty much while he was in college. And look what happened. So how do you suggest high output individuals strike a balance between innovation and consistent customer satisfaction with such <clears throat> high speed of evolving business nowadays? Things are changing so quickly, right? So I'm going to be a little counterintuitive and share with you that nothing has changed in the customer service world. Hundreds of years ago, somebody had a problem, a complaint. As a matter of fact, there is a, a stone in a museum, and I believe it might be the British Museum of History, where it's the first customer complaint letter of all time, and it's etched in stone and was delivered to somebody. Here's the thing. Somebody has a problem, and they tell you about it, and they want it fixed. All right. A hundred years from now, that's exactly what's going to happen. Somebody has a problem. They're reaching out to the company. They want it fixed. Nothing has changed in thousands of years and nothing will change in the future. Mm. I say that, but how we get to the end resolution is evolving, changing, and there's innovation. We have new check technologies and everybody thinks chat GPT type technologies are brand new in the last year or so. IBM Watson, I went to the, my first IBM Watson conference, I think in around 2014 or 15, and that's when they were using artificial intelligence to drive a better experience. So it's been around for a while, the generative AI and mm -hmm. conversational AI. It's just getting better and better, and the public is starting to be more aware of it. As these innovations mm -hmm. take root and they're accepted, I think that we're going to have better experiences, we're going to have faster resolution, and the companies that miss the opportunity to take advantage of these innovations are going to be left behind. I believe, I'm trying to remember what the name of the law is. Like they have Moore's Law where the microchip doubles every so often and it speeds up. Oh, It's a Martex Law, and I'm looking over here because I had it written down at one point. Okay, Martex Law is the fact that innovation and technology is changing today at such a rapid pace that it's difficult for companies to keep up. And if they don't try and keep up, a competitor will. Mm. And then it's not even about trying to catch up anymore. It's having to start over because it's happening so fast. But you have to scrap but if they, go at but, it again. But if they keep up with the innovation, the changes, it will affect the customer service aspect of the company as well. How can they create more of the balance there? Think about it. You want to keep up with it. Today, the idea of a chat GPT type technology is so inexpensive that even the smallest hmm. companies can afford to implement. So that will benefit the actual technology. Yeah. The, tech, the technology will benefit the actual. Okay, got it. And realize this, that uh, we're it. doing surveys and asking our customers, is 24-7 customer support an expectation that you have today? And with ChatGPT, mm -hmm. the answer is an easy yes, because you don't have oh. to be there. But you do have to implement the system and make sure it's doing it right. No. But here's the key in all of technology. Yeah. No matter how good that yeah. technology is, one day it's going to fail. And there better be somebody behind the scenes ready to back it up 
and give that customer the experience that they want. Back up. So the best mm. companies are finding the balance between human to human interactions and self-service digitally driven technology type interactions. Yeah, like some of these AI tools and programs that are coming out are very human and they actually have a full-fledged conversation with people. Yeah. And they're connected with APIs, with different platforms and providing information. The experience actually amplifies when you inject AI into your business. So that's a very good example of bringing in technology that will actually improve customer experience. Now, you must be seeing, because this is your realm, you must be seeing some exciting things happen do you feel there's still a percentage that is not jumping on that change right now? Because you mentioned if they don't, they'd be falling short. Right, but right. it's all over the news. Everybody's talking about it. But do you still find that some companies aren't jumping on the AI? Yeah. So I'm a member service? of a of an organization called the Entrepreneurs Organization. It's worldwide. It, it used to be YEO. Now it's mm -hmm. just EO. And mm -hmm. there's YPO, the Young President's Organization. I have a small group of people I get together with on a monthly basis. They're my board of directors. We act as each other's board of directors. And oh, I asked mm. maybe just three months ago. So realize ChatGPT became introduced to the world back in November of last year, just about a year or so ago. In mm -hmm. January, I did my research report <clears throat> and most people did not even know what that was. They hadn't heard it. It only been out for maybe a month and a half. Okay. Mm. Today, if we said, have you ever yeah. heard of chat GPT? Most people say yes, but guess what? My group of eight very successful entrepreneurs, owners of businesses. One guy does a couple billion a year in business. Okay. But two of them said, I, I heard what it is. I don't know what it is. I go, what do you mean? You're, you don't know. You're using it. And you don't even know. And this is what's amazing is that they aren't using it for their own company, but they are interacting with other companies that do, and they don't realize you're doing it. So I still think there's a lot of companies, a lot of it's people, a lot end. of owners of businesses that have no idea how to implement it into their business. Let me make it real easy. If I've got a product hmm. and like a software manual, okay, if I sell software and I created a software manual on how to do or, and, and use my software and troubleshoot if there's problems. I can go to chat GPT type technologies, okay? And I could drop my software manual into this. It's called the data set, okay? I don't want to get too complicated. But I could tell the software, say it's chat GPT, you are not allowed to go on the internet and look for any information. The only information you're allowed to pull from is this manual that I just loaded in as a Word file into your system. So if I've got a question about how do I save a file and put it in wherever, I as a human being, a customer, just type in how do I do this? And the machine's going to not go anywhere else other than the manual, look for the words and send them back to me. And then I could say, I don't understand. I'm not technical. Could you explain it to me like I'm in sixth grade? And it'll turn right around and explain the exact same thing, a completely different way to help a guy like me who doesn't get things to understand it. That's how powerful yes. it is. And uh, so you can imagine if you've got a, if you're a car manufacturer and you've got 10 different models, therefore you've got 10 different big, thick user manuals on 
how to program the garage door, how to turn on the lights and the windshield wipers and cruise control and everything else, you can have a data set for each one of those cars. And if I'm a customer, I could open the manual and look, but if I have my phone, I could just log into the app and dictate, how do I program my garage door opener? And it's going to give it right back to me. It's pretty amazing. And that's mm. very simplistic, but you yeah, can take the most amazing. complicated processes yeah. and put it into that type of format. Yeah. There's for consumers, for example, in the car world, they would rather communicate with a chat GPT, for example, they'll get so much more information from the AI than they could potentially get from the actual sales rep, rep at the location. And that depend, for many products, many services, just so hard to know everything. And then to actually simplify it the way that specific customer can understand is a gift when it comes to AI for that consumer. Right. And maybe the salesperson or whoever it is at the dealership or the auto manufacturer, maybe they do know everything. But as a customer, what does that mean? It means I've got to make a phone call. I've got to wait on hold. I've got to identify who I am and the kind of car I have and blah, 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 blah. And that takes time. And time is friction. And we want to eliminate friction. We want to eliminate wasted time. And we want to get the customer the information they need as quickly as possible. The customer wants it that way. So these technologies are able to do that. Fast paced information as yep. you need it immediately. Yeah. Makes a big difference. People yeah. are just impatient already. This is going to make them even more impatient. It's the Amazon effect that, right. that started before the software came in because yeah. Amazon has taught us that we could have things quickly. So it used to be, I remember back, yeah. back when yeah. I was a kid, if, if somebody could deliver it in six to eight weeks, if I bought on mail order, that was exciting. And, and when it showed up like in five or six weeks, oh, they're fast. And then somebody said two-week delivery, one-week delivery, yeah. a two-day delivery, <laughs> then overnight delivery. And then Amazon says, depending on what you order, you can get it in an hour. You know? We have wow. trained Incredible. the human brain to expect a quick response and get our needs taken care of quickly. And boy, when we have to wait, we either have to show so, a whole level of patience or we're going to go leave and go somewhere else. Have you mm. interviewed Jay Bear by any chance on the show? No. Jay, let's see if I have it right here. Jay has, I'm getting ready to do my top. You 10 can recommend art. guests to us. Oh, yeah. This guy, your, look your at this friends, if you have anybody who wants to come on the show. Yeah, look at this little book. Okay, I'm going to show you how little it is. This is a regular size book. Yeah. This is Jay's newest book. And Jay, by the way, yes, is written. That's tiny. Best, mm -hmm. Right. And it's called The Time to Win. And it's all about time. And it's all about how when you save your customers time, they love you. Because anything less than that is friction. Now, that's my word. But here's the cool thing. It takes under an hour to read this mm. book. It's, I don't know, 50, 60 pages. There's not a lot of real small type. There's even some pictures and diagrams. I love that. I love books with pictures. Anyway, the point is, if you're going to write a book about saving time, you may as well save time reading the book. Jay's brilliant. And this guy's done some amazing yep. work. Good point. He's one of my yeah. favorite speakers, authors, customer experience experts, marketing experts. By the way, do you like tequila? Because... He's the one 
Yeah. Number one tequila expert in the world. Be honored to interview your recommendations. So please do introduce us. That's what we do here is we help people spread their message and build relationships. So that'll be great. Yep. I will do that. Shep, can you share what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life? Oh, wow. My innermost superpower. I've got a really good sense of humor. So even when the bad stuff happens, there's got to be something funny mm -hmm. about it to, to be able to smile. I also have a really big drive. I don't mm -hmm. mind working hard because to me, it's not really working a lot. It, it, people have said, I love this definition of retirement. You're doing what you love. And somebody who's retired playing golf every day and they love playing golf, they finally get to do what they love by leaving their job. Well, let me tell you, I love what I do. I've been loving it for the last 40 years. So in a sense, I've been somewhat retired for the last 40 years. So I have this really good mindset about that. And I think two other things. I'm a people pleaser, which is why the whole customer service experience thing really resonates with me. And I, I, I think that's so important is that you do what is innately inside of you. And I'm, I don't mind, I don't mind failure because I realize failure is what you learn from and you move forward and get better as a result. Yes. Oh, so those are called yeah, superpowers. That's, that's a very yeah. powerful. Make the yeah, it's a very powerful simple. mindset yeah. trait. Yeah. Make the complicated, simple and, a unique way of looking for good in everything. Law of polarity, everything has good or, and bad. Mm -hmm. Depends on where you're putting the energy. And for you, naturally, you're in the more comic way, you're looking for good in even the, the worst kind of situations. And that mention about uh, failing, to have a relationship with failure and you understand that it will happen and it doesn't define you and you learn from it. Those are great mindset traits for being an entrepreneur, and you have that naturally. So I can see where that uh, success is coming from as well. Thank you. I want to share with you a really cool thing that happened to me a number of years ago. Mm. I, there was a driver mm. in Orlando, Florida, mm. Al Castagna, who I would use whenever I had a speech in any of the Orlando hotels or the convention center. And one day toward the end of the year, he said to me, hey, I, I'm giving out to my favorite clients a day planner. It's a little pocket planner calendar that fits in your pocket and you open it up and you've got the whole week in front of you, little blocks for you to write your, whatever your plans are. It's your day planner. And he goes, would you like that? And I said, nah, I, I probably wouldn't use that. And then I thought about it. I go, you know what? I want it. And he goes, oh, okay. He gave it to me. I said, but I'm not going to use it as a daily planner. I'm going to use it as a daily reflector. And I decided starting on January 1st, mm. and I did this for one solid year, and Good. I still do a, a modified version of this. Every single day, I wrote down on the weekdays when I typically would work, I wrote down two things, something good that happened to me personally, something good that happened to me professionally. And on the weekends, it was always something personal, sometimes professional. Great. But every day I took a moment, probably two minutes to write down something that was happening good. Within two or three weeks, I noticed a pattern in my attitude, which by the way, I already had a pretty damn good attitude, but I noticed mm. that even the worst yeah, day yeah. had good things happening. You mentioned my mom passing away. Yes. Sure. That was sad, but you want to know what I looked at that day? I was there with my mom mm. sitting next to her by her bed with my brother, my, my wife, and my sister is from out of town. She came and she zoomed in and then my brother's wife was there. 
And I thought to myself, this is a really sad day, but look who I'm with, you know? That's the kind of attitude you start to hmm. have when you start to yes. become purposeful about noticing what good things are happening around mm. you. And what happens mm. is you train your brain to become mm -hmm. positive, positively aware yes. of all the good. And I think that was an incredible yes. exercise yeah. that I put myself through. And anybody that's yes. struggling and not being happy, this might be something that could help. Maybe they're under a lot of stress trying to yeah. make it work when, in their business. There are good things happening mm -hmm. around you. You just have to yeah. be able to become when you, aware. When you, you just become aware of it. And also when you put that in practice, you're expecting good to happen. And you start noticing more good things start to happen. Right. That's just a beautiful connection that we have as human beings. So it was great speaking to you, Shep. It was an honor. Your energy is wonderful. And what you're doing for businesses, because it's such an important aspect of a business, customer service, customer experience. And it's only going to amplify even further. So I continue to wish you the best. Thank, well, thank you for you. your time and definitely keep in touch. My pleasure. I promise. Thank you.